back in the basement with another episode of The Disconnect. I'm your host, Zach Hayes, and sitting across from me, as always, in these comfy chairs, Mr. Phil Hayes. What's up? What's up? We are going to try to do this again. We had some technical difficulties earlier in the week, and then we didn't release last week's episode because it just, it sounded off. You know, there was something about the conversation, and it was a lot of the uh, complaining about, oh, the worker shortage. Oh, we're stressed out. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And all of that seemed pretty petty considering everything that was going around in the neighboring communities with what had happened at Oxford High School. And it really just made me take a pause to say, this isn't worth releasing right now. This isn't worth putting out there because when things like that happen, especially this close to the area, I mean, it's a neighboring community. You're talking right down the road. And it makes people start to think and you really start to put things in perspective. Like what is the most important thing in life? What is it like? Ultimately it's safety. And you think when you're sending your kids to this safe space of school that, you know, things like this aren't going to happen. Like we've seen it on the news. We, we are, we are a product of the generation that grew up with, Columbine High School. You know what I mean? We saw yeah. that on the news video repeated over and over again. I think I was in a, in middle school at that time. And you know, it was it was always a reality and for sure. It's it's you're talking 25 years later, these are still things that we have to be worried about as parents and and yeah. it's it's concerning. Yeah, and I know like when we were in high school, I never sat in class worrying about things like that. Like, and yeah, that last podcast we were doing, it was kind of like, Oh, pity me. You know, it's like, (laughs) exactly. And, uh, it's, yeah. Like you said, you put things in perspective and it's like, okay, all the worker shorts and us hazes we're, we're a bit of complainers. So, uh, it's kind of our nature. Is that what we're known for? The older I get, the more I'm uh, seeing that, that it runs in the family. Yeah. And that's all right. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's something where it just seems like such small potatoes when you start thinking about, uh, you know, the big picture of life. Yeah. And, and you look, there's, there's definitely a, a fear that has washed over the neighboring communities. Yeah. You saw a lot of the Oakland County schools, all, I think almost all the Oakland County schools were shut down Yeah, the days after. Right. And just uh, as of a couple days ago there at Romeo high school, there was a, a lockdown for fears of some sort of copycat based on messages that were received. And it, you see online, people are freaking out. Like they are immediately what is going on, what's happening. And I think that's just because it never felt real. Right. Until it happened at a place where you've, you've, you've gone to that high school for, uh, uh, athletic competitions. You've driven right. through downtown Oxford. You know people that go to that school. There's people who are directly affected by this, um, based on who they know and and people in the area. And it 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 just all of a sudden everything's flipped on, on its head. You didn't hear people talking about masks. You didn't hear people talking about the bus routes. You didn't hear people talking about 
uh, you, you know, the, the employee shortage and stuff no. like that, like all of a sudden nothing else mattered. And, and that makes me wonder with everything that's going on in this world, like, why are we in this constant like state of stress and anxiety because we're overworked, we're doing all this stuff to where things at home, ultimately, if you don't have that structure at home yeah, and you don't have that that safety or you don't, or, or you don't have that confidence that you're going to be able to send your kids off to school and they're going to come back. Like that changes your entire perspective of the world. Yeah. And I, I think it's got a lot to do with like the, with the social media being all around us and things like that. It, I mean, my God, it's, it's just, it's nonstop in your face. Like, and it's, it's so hard to like not stress out about things. Like I said, we've said this on the podcast, so many times that like back in the day when you were at work, like you were at work. And then when you went home, like it stopped, it stopped. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, now you're surrounded by, I don't know. I spend a lot of time on my phone. I never think it's that much. And compared to other people, I don't think it is. Right. But when I look at my screen time at the end of the week and it'll say like three and a half hours a day for however long. And it's like, that's a long time. Like that's a good chunk of the day. And I, I swear, I think that like, there's no avoiding it. Cause I saw this morning too. I saw, you know, uh, that news story about Romeo. Yep. Um, and it's like, there's no avoiding, like if you're on Facebook on social media, you're going to see all the stories coming through and that all causes fear well, and anxiety. Just yesterday, there were false reports of shots fired at Walt Lake I saw that uh, too. high school. And yeah. you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know what happens where it's, it just, these kids are attempting to get days off essentially. They, yeah. I, and, I and, it, and it happened during the Columbine era too. Right. After that, there were repeated, uh, uh bomb threats that were called into the high school and the yeah. middle schools where we would be bus. We would be walked out and put in buses outside of the school until the sheriff could come and do a sweep of the school. It's not new behavior. No, it's just everywhere now. And, right. and even back then it was, you know, there was always that kid, the the trench coat mafia. You remember that? It was Uh always, who were these kids? And we had them at our school. Right. Who were these kids walking around wearing the trench coats and everybody was, uh, you know, pointing fingers and, you know, what does that do to these other kids' psyches where are are they rightfully being targeted in that manner to say this person had, there's concerns about this person because obviously- at Oxford, there were concerns. Yeah, of course. It was it was known. And if you look at the reaction of these parents, yeah. these two parents who should be prosecuted and convicted to the fullest extent of the law, in my opinion, right? because they failed this child. Yeah, for sure. There is a, there is a, there, I, I don't think at 15 years old right. that a kid like this just, happens. No, it's it's because of neglect. It's because of lack of, uh, uh, he's got, it seems like nowhere to turn to with the parents. They, they, do you think those parents who fled and, and, and took off have any sort of, uh, positive influence, positive influence on this child? Absolutely not. No, so the kid's not getting it anywhere. He's an outcast at school. He's an outcast at home because his parents probably just said, just let him go in his room, 
hop online and he's immersed into this, this false sense of, of, of I can do whatever I want and I can get away with it because I'm being encouraged almost by my parents, which is disgusting. Cause you saw that text message. I think we all did with the mom saying like, you know, you need to learn to not get caught. Gross. Like gross. What is wrong with you? Like, and they are the, they, and this, this comes down to, could it have been prevented? Of course. Yeah. I think that is something that, you know, but how, how do you know who these people are? How do you know who these, when, when kids start to develop and get into the middle school age is usually when this angst and, you know, they're, they're going through, uh, puberty and things are changing and things can get very, you know, we've all been there. I think everybody has bullied or been bullied at some point in their lives. I don't think that it's anybody is exempt from that behavior because it's a natural progression. Um, but like you said, when you can't get away from it, it it changes things a little bit. I, I still think with some of these kids, how do, because the gun regulation and all that, all those conversations, yeah. I don't Throw think they the matter window. in this situation. I don't either. It's it's a it, it is a parent who brought a gun into the house. Yeah, who was irresponsible. Right. And you are always going to have irresponsible gun owners. Yeah, it's always going to happen. And it's not like this was some assault rifle. No. This was a this was a handgun. Yeah, and it's a situation where regulation would not have prevented this. But no, you know what would have intervention. Yeah, how do we as a society find the people who are on the verge of either taking their own life or taking someone else's life. Because this is just what we hear reported on these sort of incidents, whether they're in a school, in a public place, or just a, a murder in general happen. It happens on a daily basis. Yeah. And it's a mental health issue. Mentally healthy people do not take other people's lives. No, it doesn't happen. No. And especially not innocent people where it's like, you know, it's, it's a situation where like, I I know like all the red flags were out there and you, you see all the stuff that he was posting online with pictures of the gun and this and that. But I, I'm not a huge fan of when people are like, Oh, I can't believe that this, like they didn't get like in this certain situation. Yes, they should have there should have been intervention, but a lot of times there's a lot of kids out there that do things like that and nothing ever comes of it. I mean, it's, and that's the thing is like, I think it just needs to be a zero tolerance policy. And I saw that like they got, I think, uh, I think they're charging another like seven kids or something that, uh, from around the area. And it's like, yeah, you got it. Ones that issued threats. Yeah. And it's like nip it in the bud because there has to be severe consequences for things like this. And there needs to be intervention. It's the parents. The parents need to be the ones you live with the child. If you have a meeting, rely on the school to, to be the the parental figure and give these kids structure. They are right. They, they are going from, you know, they are being shuffled from a home life that is miserable to a, a, a school experience with their peers that yeah. is miserable and they feel hopeless. They feel helpless. Right. And, and, and there are, these are extreme cases. Yeah. These are obviously extreme cases, but maybe if schools did not have to be bombarded with, uh, uh, 
concerns of masks versus no masks. Yeah. And, and they, they had more time and, and they weren't as worried about, well, what did these kids, what were the test scores for the kids on yeah. their, on their, on their, do they still take the meep? Whatever, whatever, yeah, the, whatever the, the regulations are for their funding. Maybe if they didn't have to be concerned about that as a, as a young student, if we could focus more on their development as a person, yeah, not as a future college student, right. not as a future uh, engineer or a future uh, uh, mechanic or a future lawyer or a future whatever. We all choose different paths in life, yeah. in life but maybe there's something to be said for schooling and, and the education system at this young of an age high school and younger to be more about character development and personal development and being in a situation where these kids feel like they are heard. Yeah. They feel like they are, they have somebody to turn to because there's, there's always these situations with counselors and, and different, you know, Romeo's really good at having these different programs, uh, whether it be peer mediation or, Uh, link crew, these different groups that try to help these students out. But like, I think the ones that are really hurting aren't turning to those outlets. They Mm -hmm. are, they are just, because I, I know for me personally, even at, at that young of an age, like, I don't want to admit I need help. No, it's hard enough when you're an adult to admit you need help. So, so it's, it's, if we don't put this emphasis on test scores and put this emphasis on, uh, uh, you know, it it just feels like there is a deeper, uh, a deeper path that we need to take to make sure that things like this don't happen. And that means more meetings with parents. If there are concerns, it means wellness checks for these kids at home. If they are being neglected, like yeah. there needs to be more, more of a, of an emphasis on intervention in this situation, because this kid probably needed it and he probably needed it about 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I agree to a degree with that, but at the same time, I think like you can't count on the school for that. I mean, I don't think so either, but if they didn't have the pressure of everything else, if that was more of the priority, because at this, let's be honest. Yeah. What do you remember learning in high school? No, I I don't remember learning most of it. In all stuff. honesty, yeah, it, it just kind of happens, and, and right, and maybe every there, there's your ninety percent of the time feels like you're just there. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that, but I just don't. I don't know how you can like these are the type of things where, like you said, those are the type of kids that are not going to speak up about the problems they're having. Uh, A lot of times they will kind of, you know, end up in the background at school, unfortunately. And they're, I don't know, like until it's a problem, I, I don't know how you fish that out and say like that until, you know, they, they found the pictures he was drawing and things like that. But in before that step, what can you do as far as a class or things like that, that will help that situation? Well, let me ask you this Uh huh. in your career at high school in your four yeah. years at school. How many times did you talk to your counselor? 
I think maybe once or twice. And that was probably just to figure out your schedule at some point, correct? Uh, so yeah, to f- make sure I was going to graduate. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you've got that, but, but most people yeah. don't ever speak to their counselor unless it has to do with, and I'm basing this obviously off of my experience right, 20 exactly. years ago. I mean, yeah. this is, things may have changed, but if you made it a requirement, yeah. For each student to have maybe a week, uh, a monthly, or even yeah. a quarterly discussion with their counselor to really just, how are things going? How how are how is everything going? Life, school, whatever. Yeah. And I know teachers are already overwhelmed with what they're doing, but my right. point in saying this is that, what kind of schools are we talking about here, Phil? We're talking about public schools yeah, funded by taxpayer dollars. Right. That is what I want my taxes to go to improving experiences in the public school system, making improvements so that my kids and the kids around them, because I can be doing everything right at home right. with my kids. And then some monster can walk in and take their lives and destroy what happened, what we've, what we've built in the last 15 to 18 years. Like that's a terrifying idea. Now, granted that can happen anywhere at any time, but if, if we can, if, if that, if that means paying teachers more, improving training, getting people who are uh, ha- you know, paying for their, their, their schooling so yeah. that they can go and get educated on that. I'm all for it. We, 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 we put so much money into taxes as individuals and get barely anything out of it. I think that's a real conversation that needs to be had about how you can improve that because we know the legislation is not going to happen. Every time you get something that is horrific like this, it's talked about for a little while and then we go back to normal. Yeah, that's the reality of it. And I I think that's the hardest part is figuring out a solution. I don't know that there is one because that's I think that that's a good idea where like you have to talk to your counselor and all that stuff. But like, I mean, I just don't think I think that would take a long, long time. And especially to like pick out the kids that are actually like having issues. You you know who though you know who those kids don't though you can probably. Yes, this in this situation, you definitely could. Yes, but so, so at that point, send the cops to that kid's house. Yeah. I don't know, man. You don't think so? Well, I think you're, I think you're get a social worker involved. I mean, I, so I know it's just, it's hard because there are a lot of kids that maybe show some signs, but aren't going to go and shoot up the school. And like kid did, I know he did. It's easy to say after the fact, but before, like what they were having that meeting because they said they found some pictures and stuff. Um, and it's like, that isn't to me, that's not, uh, a thing where you go to his house and check out what, like the guns and stuff like that's where his parents needed to come in and say like, Like they're pieces of shit. His right. parents are pieces of shit. Right. So they're not going to do that. And I don't think, but that's the thing is like, if the parents are pieces of shit, I don't think there's any getting around this situation. There is because you take the kid out of the damn house. You get him somewhere else. Yes. Because he, he's not being doing, he's not, nobody's doing him any favors by keeping him in a house with shitty parents. Because right. at the end of the day, you, we have this idea that you just have a right to be a parent. People are just 
you pop out a baby right. and all of a sudden you're supposed to be a parent. I know as somebody who I consider myself a pretty well together person yeah. for the most part. Mm-hmm. I have three kids. It's not easy. And it is the, mo- it is the most difficult thing yeah. I've ever done in my life to have right. these three kids. But every day I am there yeah. because that is my job. Right. My job is not to be Zach at FAMS Printing. Yeah. My job is to be the father to Harrison, Josephine, and Eli. Yeah. That is my job. Right. Ultimately, nothing else matters if I can't provide for them, obviously. So that's why I go and do the FAMS thing, because right. I have to provide for them. Of course. Now, if I'm not doing my job there, yeah. it's how many people who aren't all that well together- Right. Are absentee parents or just decide they don't. It's a lot. So you don't just get to be a piece of shit parent in society because you're breeding the next generation of piece of shit parents. And that's just being completely direct. And that's why you have like maybe maybe we're too lenient on what is and isn't acceptable behavior as parents. I see. I don't, I don't think so. I just don't think there's the resources to, to check into it and figure it out. Okay. But that's my argument here. You make the, you make those things more accessible and you put the money into those resources so that when you come across these situations and if there's parents who, uh, decide that, they're just going to leave their kids alone at the ages of 10 or 12 for long periods of time. And they'd let their kid just, uh, and I don't know. It's just, there's, it's hard to prove and it's hard to take kids away from their parents. And I'm not saying take them away every, in every single situation, but check up on these kids because they are not going to stand a chance. And there are parents out there that I wouldn't trust watching my dog right. for a night, let alone raising a child to be a productive member of society. Right. And I, I totally agree with you. I think there needs to be more resources for things like this. I just think it's not that simple because if you look at it as in this Ethan Cromley situation, if he, let's say- Don't he, even say his name. Let's say he didn't go to the the school and, and shoot- uh, and do the shooting like, and they did send somebody out to that house. What are they going to find? I mean, you can't tell that the parents are piece of shit parents by that one visit and uh, if nothing's you, happened. You might be able to get, get a search warrant, go through the search history. You know what he's looking up on his computer, you know? Uh, and, and then hey, the next question out of my mouth is, is there a gun in the house? Right. Where are, where do you keep that gun? Yes. Does the child have access to the gun? Yeah. Does your child know where uh, the key to the, because uh, hopefully you're putting it in some sort of gun safe. Right. Does the child know where this, the key to the safe is? Yeah. These are questions that you ask. And these are questions that any of you, and if you're lying and if you, and if you give bullshit answers, you dig into it further. I know resources are tough, but that's yeah. where the funding has to come in because it's not going to come from legislation on the on the, the from the gun control aspect. And like I said, this is not a gun that would fall under any of those discussions anyway. See, and that's the thing is that 
now that it has happened in our community, people will be more than open to, to putting the resources into those things. But that's what needs to be done is prevention. There needs to be, when you see that there's like a new millage for, you know, for things like this, you need to vote yes, whether it's happened in your community or not. And it's, it's hard to do that when it hasn't happened. Cause you always do think we have a great community. Nothing like that will ever happen here, but you have to think about it can happen anywhere can happen in your backyard. Well, let me ask you this. When you talk uh-huh. about funding and stuff like that and you yeah. look around and say, okay, when they can build new football stadiums and they can build, yeah. you know, they can, they can build improvements to the school. Like you say that the money's not there, but I don't know. Dude, Where's I, it going? Is it going to the right place? Is that where we need to be focused on? I tell you what, when we were, I feel like when we were in school, it was not like this. I feel like now when I go every, every, uh, you know, football stadium, my high school football stadium, I go to now every, you know, basketball court, they're amazing. <laughs> they it's are like pretty impressive. It's college, you know, almost college quality, yeah. uh, arenas. And it's like, what is going on here? Maybe we need to start thinking about putting the money in different like places. Like I said, putting everything in perspective and really wondering about what matters at the end of the day. Um, but you know, just as individuals, I think, you know, Romeo's got a great campaign that we, we did shirts for, which is just the be kind. Yeah. And in reality, that shit can go a long ways, believe it or not. Like, and that's the thing. And that's what we have to teach kids about. If you do see somebody who's struggling or, you know, sitting alone at that lunch table or doesn't seem to be really engaging, you know, there's let's let's look out for one another because it's 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 one of those things where you know just little things can change it's that butterfly effect right little things can change the outcome of uh of life you know big time it's and that's that's what's scary about it and and i don't know what the solution is i don't have the answers but it's it's scary and i hope things do start to change and, you know, if, if, if nothing else, it just makes you really appreciate what you have yeah. versus worrying about what you don't. Right. And as parents, it's our responsibility to be telling our kids and teaching our kids these things because your friends at school, these kids are in high school, middle school. It's hard to get together and say, all right, the kid that's a little different we need to befriend them, but it, it means a lot coming from a parent. If you tell your kids to do things like that. So it, it, have the conversation, yeah. let them know, talk to people. Yeah. Don't just let your kid hop on the computer. Don't just let them hop on their nah. phone. Don't let them be distracted. Smash the phone, smash the iPad and yeah. you know, talk, talk to people, figure out what's going on and make sure, yeah. you know, just asking when the kid walks in the door, how was your day? Yeah. What's going on? How are you? Right. Can, can make a huge difference. And, and you'll probably be happy you had that conversation at the end of the day. I think so just so. disconnect a little bit. Yeah. Because we know here the struggle is real. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back in your feed next week with another episode of The Disconnect. I'm Zach Hayes, Phil Hayes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>